guys. Welcome to The Mom Voice. This is Lauren and Sarah with episode 71. And this is part two to our love language conversation. Yes. Um, We had to break it up into two episodes because there's just so much good content here. Yeah, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. So just if you haven't listened to part one yet, pause the button really quick, jump back over, listen to part one, and then come back and finish it off because in this part of the episode, or in this episode, we're going to be talking about the last two love languages and more Mm -hmm. importantly, very important, how to... Figure out your child's love language. Yes. Okay, we're going to wrap up with those three main points. And again, there's just so much to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Be sure to check out part one because we covered the first three, which is physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, um, which we went, we dove right into those, talked in, talked in depth about each one of those. Yeah. And, and then we also kind of talked about our love languages and kind of how our husbands respond or don't respond or to don't. those. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it was like the intro to the whole thing of how we kind of came about the books yes. and everything like that. So for sure, go over and check it out. It's a good listen. Yeah, th- we could just go on and on about this. It's so intriguing. We, we chat so much about it. And we're going to continue the chat over on Instagram throughout the week. So be sure to catch us there and we kind of highlight these different um, languages and kind of how we're seeing them within our families. Yeah. And we said this in part one, but I think it's important to say it again at the beginning of part two, that we in no way want this to be like a bummer episode or one that you come away feeling like you suck as a parent or you're not doing enough. We really just want it to be like a message of hope. Yeah, absolutely. As you're like listening and kind of feeling the cues and the parts of like maybe that apply to your children, just know that these are like easy fixes that you can even start tomorrow. And if anything, this should encourage you to be able to have a better communication relationship with your child. And and really just trying to figure it out is like a step in the right direction. Yes, perfect. Okay, with that, let's get going. Oh, but first, if you are not following us already, like Lauren said, yes, we would love to have you along for all of the episodes. So please go and subscribe and follow along at the mom voice podcast on Instagram. Absolutely. It's kind of a free for all. We'll be honest. No, it's a little bit of mod podge of everything. And we're there. You get to see the kids, everything. Yeah, it kind of is. All right. Well, let's just kind of dive right in. So we left off on part one with quality time. Yes. Number four is receiving gifts. Yes. I feel like in our friendship, personally, we kind of see eye to eye on this. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Totally. Um, And I think my husband might blame you for a few fights that we've had throughout our marriage because you have so instilled in me the receiving gifts love language. (laughs) Okay. I was like, am I the guy? Well, okay. Yes. Let's be real though. Okay. (laughs) A few of our very first fights involved him forgetting my birthday or like not giving me a Valentine's Day gift. Right. And that cut me deep. Yes. Yes. I mean, does it bug you when you don't feel like you're getting properly gifted oh absolutely because well I think there's the intention behind it like is the actual gift always I mean when you get a nice gift man nothing's better (laughs) okay you got some Tories I'm I'm like really happy yeah yeah. (laughs) nothing's better than a great gift and something they think that you would really want like thinking about you but that's the thing they're thinking about you they're thinking what would she want what would mean a lot to her what would she be excited about what would get her excited and so what would get her excited yeah exactly so no I think it's so yeah as as we mentioned in part one again go back and listen to it but I am a gifter I 
love to receive gifts. I, I dare say under quality time, it's got to be up there for you somewhere. Right. No, I um, would say for sure too. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's on my Evelyn's top one, like two oh, probably because yeah. she loves to give too. Yeah. And so, I mean, therefore I do think she loves to, re- wouldn't they, don't you yes. think and she's you know such a giver? Oh, well, you know what's so funny? Well, let me get to that. Let me, let me jump back to what you say about Evelyn. Let me explain okay. it a little bit first. Yes. Tell us. So Dr. Chapman, he starts off again, the book is written by Dr. Gary Chapman, The Five Love, Love Languages of Children. Please go read it. There's so much content, you guys. We literally were blown away when we both read the book by some miracle. I know. It came together the past week. But he says his background actually is in cultural anthropology. Hmm. Okay. I, see I that. didn't know that. And he goes on to talk about how they have never discovered a culture throughout the history of man where gift giving is not a form of affection or mm-hmm. a symbol of love. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, that is. Like when you really think about it. So because I'll be honest, when this whole love language talk came about years ago and, it, you know, it was like wildfire. I feel like we were talking about it around the kitchen table at Christmas dinner with all the in-laws, all the things with my family. We were talking about it. I feel like I kind of caught crap a little bit for being a gifter, like, oh, you're vain or um, like, that's so silly or you know what I mean? Right. I think it's one that maybe if that's not your love language, you just don't get it. Like, why would they care about a soda if I don't bring her a soda? Why does she care? You know? Well, see, I dare say, do you feel like that's an act of service too, though? Yeah, maybe. But I view it as a gift. As a gift, yes. I totally do. Because yes. it's like, oh, he passed the soda shop and he thought of me. And he and wanted he got, to get you, that yeah, for he me. Wanted to, he knows he loves yes. me and he knows I love that. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's how point. I receive good it. Good point. Yep. Um, but I thought that was so powerful that like... Yeah, throughout literal documented history of man, there is evidence of gift giving. You know what I mean? The three wise men brought gifts. Yes. Thank you. You're so right. And so the receiving gifts love language, what that person hears, and again, we're applying this to our children, and Dr. Chapman applies it to children in the book, is they hear, if their primary love language is receiving gifts, that mom loves me. So Mm -hmm. for example, we went to the dollar store today Mm -hmm. and there were these little Pokemon cards Mm -hmm. at checkout. I got two of them because again, my Luke is three. I don't know what his love language is yet. So Mm -hmm. I got him one. Dr. Chapman says, do it all for under four. Show him all the love languages. All the love languages. But then I got Landon a set because Landon he very much loves his gifts. Yeah, he does. I would not say it's his primary love language, but I know it's important to him because of how he keeps the things that I give him. Yeah, interesting. Do you know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. If you open his bedside drawer, no joke, there is a hodgepodge of all the little trinkets and Legos we've made together and like little special things that he hoards away mm-hmm. in his room. Mm-hmm. Do you think Evie's that same way? Does she yeah. display things? Yes, like- she does. She does. And well, and how would I, I guess I should know the answer to this, but if she's a giver, what would that define her? I mean, she's very into giving. Yeah. So if we're a good gift givers, yeah. are, is that still define us in the gift, give the gift I think so. Category or not really. From what I understand, you mean she loves to give to yes. people. So, and I do think some people are very literally gifted on giving, like considering others and giving good gifts. Absolutely. And, and really wanting people to so, feel that way. I don't think that necessarily, and we'll get into it 
um, on the last point, I don't think that necessarily means that is her primary love language. Right. It could just mean like she has the kind, a kind and thoughtful soul. Right. Or she thinks of others and she yes. does. She's so thoughtful and yes. so sweet and she's so unselfish in a lot of ways that I've right. seen her. Yes, she is. So like that could just be part of it. But like I do feel like there is something to like all these secondary ones that yeah. it could just be one of her secondaries. Right, right, right. Um, but the main thing with the receiving gifts category is it's so important to remember that it has nothing to do with the expense of the gift. Right. It really is about the meaning behind it. Okay. And that you're making a big deal about it. So for example, like how many times have your children like picked flowers out of the yard and like come and given them to you? Oh, totally. Right. Yes. That's a prime example of them gifting to you. That's the same concept of they're thinking about mom. They Mm -hmm. stop what they're doing. They're playing and having fun. They see the pretty flowers. They're like, oh, mom would love that. And they're showing you love through a tiny gift. Right. Oh, so cute. Is that not so cute? Yeah. And when they do give you those gifts, um, those little things, those little love notes, display them, put them up, recognize it, make a big deal, make them feel really special. It's funny because we went on a walk the other day and Evelyn and Caleb um, gave me a flower and I put them in my hair and then literally like five minutes later like I think it fell out my Evelyn's like where's your flower I gave you like they get so like you know they're so like um concerned about it yeah and uh, likewise with pictures they've drawn me drawn me drawn me drawn for me yeah that sounded weird drawn for me um letters they want to see them like oh it's on their nightstand oh it's on the fridge and they make a really big deal about that so I think really making them feel special and that you appreciate it is a huge part yeah it goes a long way when filling that love tank for those children who are gifters and gifters yeah they like feeling that gratitude and excitement absolutely another way like you could show a gifter love is if you're at the beach right Mm -hmm. and you see a beautiful seashell right if you take the seashell to your child and be like Landon I saw this seashell on the beach and I immediately stopped what I was doing and I knew you would love it because look at the blue look at the glitter on it like look at the little sparkles it has this just it screamed your name when I saw it and so it's it's not only giving it to them but it's how you're giving it to them and you're wanting to like really attach it to them and that you thought about them you know what I mean for sure the intention he does make a point by saying that when your when your child's primary gift is receiving or primary language is receiving gifts, you have to make sure not to give them everything they want. Yes, the spoiling factor. I mean, do you feel like that's a slippery slope as a parent? If like if you were able if you were able to figure out that one of your children is a gifter and that would fill their love tank. Do you think you would just buy them all the things? I think that I, I it do think it's a slippery slope. I do think if it is their love language and it affects them in the correct way, I don't think they should get too greedy or too spoiled. It yeah. should be more of an aspect of like, I'm so excited. Because like the example that he shares in the story of like two sisters, they bring home a souvenir. One is so excited, displaying it, loves it, plays with it. It's there in her room. The other one just kind of tosses it to the side. And she thought the mom felt like it was like an un, you know, ungrateful. ungrateful attitude, right. an annoyed attitude. 
but really it is that that speaks to her and it speaks to her and it's her language and so she's feeling loved she's feeling the effect and so I don't know if it can and the other child get, just doesn't care about that stuff yes as much. and that you have right. to speak to them in a different way right and and he elaborates on like hers is spending time with her and telling her about the trip and what they did and da 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 but so I feel like if it's their true language I don't know if they'll get if they to, would abuse it yeah abuse it exactly that's what I'm trying they to value say. it so much I don't yeah. think so yeah. I think that if, if that's really is their true love language I don't think so but it is a slippery slope as a parent just not to like continue to like shower them and things because you just want them to be happy yeah and he goes on to say that and especially if you're in the situation where you you know share custody and and things like that I think sometimes parents can fall into trying to buy their child's love yes even when you're older dare I say yeah that like with teenagers or even adult children where you feel maybe guilty or for maybe not doing something or not being there or something and you're trying to replace something with a gift right he he very much warns against that by not trying to make the gift a payment because the child if that is their love language they will see right through it Mm. and it will actually hurt them oh wow he does say that he actually says like if it's an insincere gift and that is their love language like it will have the opposite effect right and and i can't see how that would happen yeah where it would be like oh great they buy me a $500 whatever that's cool but Mm -hmm. but they didn't even call me to tell me about it Mm. and I read about this story somewhere that Dr. Chapman had shared in a lecture or something that I thought just perfectly summed up how a gifter processes things and how they like really assign a lot of value to gifts so sharing the story he said he was over like overseas somewhere and he saw a soldier who had this St. Christopher medallion around his neck and he went up to the soldier and he was like oh hey bud what is that that's really cool and the soldier was like oh it's it's St. Christopher and he was like oh yeah what my dad gave it to me he said that's what he said it's St. Christopher my dad gave it to me and he was like oh really like what's what's St. Christopher like what saint is he and he was like you know I don't know. And so it was so oh, cute. Right. I and remember. so he was like, that's a perfect example of a child who he had no religious significance to the necklace. Right. But his dad. But his dad gave it to him. That's so sweet. Isn't that so sweet? So, okay. Tell us what number five is. Yeah. Number five is acts of service. Um, I mean, Sarah, do you have a child that kind of maybe saying, uh, do it for me. I can't do it. Or, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's like, yes. Don't they all? Or, um, what come come fix this for me or make my bed yeah I mean which is like funny to say but that is like every part of their language but when I think about it I think one of my children does it way more than the other yeah like Landon he does like ask for my help with things that I do know that he can he can do himself yeah absolutely whereas Kate like never asks for help Ever. She's, She's almost prideful about independent. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and the funny thing with this one is I feel like it's a little tricky because literally from the more, the minute they are conceived, it's like we're serving them. Do you right. know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's so what we're here for. That's where when you're, when you're like thinking about this one in regards to how it applies to children, it gets a little tricky. Yeah. Because we do do everything for them, essentially. We, totally. We do. I know. Being a parent is just a life of service to, just that, to the little people. Does that ever end? It's like we literally put the food in and we take the food out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, all the diapers. Oh my gosh. And so I think it's like really easy when we're mom, we can kind of fall into, well, I do. I serve them all the time. Like, right. I'm, yeah, I mean, easy. name yeah. off. What are some things you do for your kids? Like, oh my gosh, their day? laundry, doing the dishes, setting the table, making dinner. I mean, on and on, picking up the, you know, clothes and cleaning their rooms up, or all the getting things. the groceries and all the things. But it's like, I mean, survival to like life, all of it. All of it. It falls on mom. He makes the point of when your child's primary love language is acts of service, you kind of have to present it in a way that they realize you are serving them. Right. Do you know what I mean? So doing and like, I mean, we have a daily chore that they all have to do. Right. I mean, if I were to go do their daily chore, I mean, Mm -hmm. that would be pretty apparent to them that mom, mom did something for me because I'm like chasing after them daily to do it but if I did it I think it would be like oh whoa mom did my chore that was nice good one but I honestly don't think any of my children have this primary love language do you um so far I don't think so either it's hard to tell and especially at a young age I know it really is because again go read the book on this one I left this one for last because I feel like it is the less oh what's the word I'm looking for the less like common or common one for children yeah I would say but I mean the one point he does say that I'm gonna throw in here about it is he goes on to talk about even if it is acts of service is their primary love language don't do everything for them. Don't do something for them that they can do for themselves that you're actually serving them by teaching them mm-hmm. how to do. So something that he actually says that I thought was so genius, oh my gosh, is if you have like a teenage child or children in that age range, make a list of things you would like them to know how to do by the time they're 18 years old. And some of those things could be like doing the laundry or mowing the lawn or changing a tire, making a bed, right? Like properly. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, Like even knowing how to properly iron a shirt. Right. Do you think like that gets taught anymore? Oh, not anymore. No, absolutely not. Like I don't think it does. So he actually had the suggestion of, and especially if you have teens, like get them involved and make the list together and start doing those acts of service. And by that, he means teaching them how to do. I know? love that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little bit different spin on the adult acts of service. He goes into a lot of detail about you're serving them by teaching them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then I did want to say this. He goes on, and I remember early in parenting, you had read, I think it was the Love and Logic book. Yes, that okay, is right. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but he says when you have a, a toddler and their primary love language is acts of service, give them options. Be like, okay, we can do this or we can do this, but you're still in control, but kind of. Yes, that's a very much a Love and Logic Was way. it Love and Logic? Yeah, it's yeah. Part, trying to let them think they're in control and that they have options to pick from, but still you're getting yeah. your point across or you're getting what you want done. Exactly. But you're letting them feel like they have some sort of say or control in it by giving them options. Yeah. And so he kind of says, you're teaching them how to make decisions. Sure. You're teaching I them how that. to like, yeah. anyway, and that, that falls under the acts of service. So to summarize acts of service, um, it would be kind of doing small, simple things for your child to lighten their load um, and making sure that they're aware of it. Yeah. And, you know, that could be packing their lunch for them. That could be making their bed. Just make sure you're taking credit for it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And making sure that you don't overdo it, spoil them. Right. Or become like their little maid. Like, because that's not 
teaching them the right thing either. Right, totally. So, and I think another thing that I did read somewhere is be careful not to overcommit with these children and say, I'll do this or overpromise because they tend to get really let down when you don't follow through. The false promises. Which totally. I wanted to add in really quick. So, um, I mean, acts of service. I don't even feel like it's that common of one, but maybe it is. Didn't you say you read somewhere what the the percentages were when it comes to the love languages? Yeah, yeah. There was a survey here and it says that 23% um, and after surveying a group of people, um, words of affirmation was 23%, 20% quality time, 20% acts of service, um, 19% in physical touch, and 18% at re- receiving gifts, which surprised me. I, I'm surprised for kind of the general audience, gifts is on the last, yeah. to be honest. But well, and they're pretty much split. Yeah. Like, extra service and quality time is definitely tied for oh my gosh. two there. Interesting. Okay. Well, well, now we are going to be moving into how to identify our children's love language. Dr. Chapman gives some really good targeted ideas on how, as parents, we can go about um, kind of figuring out because it is really, I mean, I don't even know if I'm 100% sure what my children are. And I've had this on my brain for like three weeks now. I don't well, and know. I think it's tricky too because how they say for and under their every language. So I feel like at what point do they start phasing out of some languages? You know, because I mean, we still have younger kids, teenagers. It's probably pretty apparent, but yeah, yeah we're still trying to kind of figure some of them out. I know. So here's some of the tips that Dr. Chapman talks about in the book. Right. Well, under the age of four, they speak all of these languages. We have to really apply all of these to kids that are younger because they are needing every bit of this from us. As they were older, and like we said, we kind of get to see them as they come into their own more and more their personality, which actual love language they will speak more clearly. Yeah. And so it does kind of apply and kind of um, single out as they get older Definitely, I think by like eight to 10, you can really kind of see who and what they're going to be. Oh, absolutely. And don't you think like as infants, it's just so easy to give the physical touch, to do that. Oh, totally. To have the quality time. Right. It's so easy. I mean, yeah, even just, yeah, exactly. From changing the diaper and rocking them to sleep. I mean, they're getting so much of the time and the touch and you're doing everything for them all around the clock. So it's, yeah, it covers all the bases. And even into toddlers, like, because even thinking of my youngest, Caleb, who's four and a half, he really does do all of these things still. Like, he gets excited for a gift, but he still wants me to hold him. But then he still wants, you know, it's just he wants you to the whole lineup. To him. Yes, he wants the whole the lineup. Time. I totally agree. And so under the age of four, it is kind of like, you just, you need to shower it all. Like, you give just it all try to, to do them. it all. Right. And, and then then you'll start to kind of see signs of it. So there's a few ways he kind of identifies how you can discover your child's love language. The first one is watch and observe how they love you. So he says, for example, one of his children, and I've seen this with my child, when he got home from work every day, would run up to him and give him a huge hug and be like, oh, dad, I missed you so much. Like, I'm so glad you're home now. Physical touch, right? Right. Whereas my Kate, the second I'm in the door, she's like, mom, come up to my room. I got to show you something. 
She's wanting quality time. Quality time. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So it's like watch and observe how they are like speaking to you. What was the next one that you... Well, yeah, I think when watching our kids, not only with us, but with others too, I think maybe how they treat their grandparents and what they, how they express themselves to them or siblings even. I mean, I feel like if it is that touch and they're always wrestling or sitting close to a sibling or if it's, you know, words trying to be encouraging instead of always teasing and being mean Mm -hmm. like some are. I mean, I would say my Evelyn is so much more prone to being like kind and trying to like be a peacemaker or like encourage one of them. And then where Emmett is always like, he is more active and wants to, you know, wrestle around and touch and, Mm -hmm. and do more things like that. So I think you can kind of read between the lines, even when they're with other people, not just the parents. Yeah, absolutely. And Dr. Chapman, he gives the specific example in the book. And I know it kind of goes back to what we just talked about with Evelyn, but he says, so for example, if your child is a receiving gifts, primary love language, if they're always like oh I want to make this for my teacher mom let's go get this for my teacher yeah like pay attention to that and maybe kind of key into oh okay that might be something that's important to him or her right if they're wanting to always kind of do something special or give something to their teacher or on the other side acts of service if somebody says oh mom I I see that the trash bins are out on the neighbor's yard. I sh- maybe I could go over and do that for them. Or if they go do it for him. He's an acts of service. So sweet. So we are saying if they like to do that and do that language for others, most likely they like to receive that exactly. too. That's usually yeah. a, a sign of that it's being their language. Yeah. And he literally advises like writing things down. He's like the earlier the age, he wants you to kind of like keep a log. So the next one he says is is what are they requesting most often? So we kind of already mentioned that. My daughter is like always like, mom, can we go get a soda? Mom, can we go to Target? Mom, let's go to the park. Mom, let's get, you know what I mean? Uh, Totally. Quality time, quality time, quality time, quality time. Okay. (laughs) So he's like, just pay attention. What are they bugging you about? Essentially. If they're like, mom, will you braid my hair? Or mom, will you scratch my back? Physical touch, right? Mom, do you think this looks pretty on me? Mom, do you like my hair like this or like this? Words of affirmation, right? Yes. They're looking oh gosh, for feedback. Right. right. Or, or okay, let's do an acts of service. Mom, my bike is still broken. Why have you not fixed my bike? Acts of service. Acts of service. Okay. okay you have not served yeah. me. Why is my bike? I can't fix it. Why are you not fixing my bike? See, and it's so funny because even in that situation, you hear that and you want to be like, don't be demanding. Don't be rude Don't be ungrateful. Yeah, don't be ungrateful. So it's like really you have to train your brain to like read between the lines yes. of being like, okay, why don't we fix that bike for you? I know that'd mean a lot. And then they can be happy and feel loved. Yeah. But it is hard to do that when there is a negative, yeah. co- you know, notion connected yes. to it. Yes. And if that is demanding out of me to have time, like sometimes you want to be like, you know, so it is like a fine balance, and he says, which is a struggle He too. says so many times, this is not going to create perfect children. This is only going to allow you to have like a more harmonious home and allow the conflict to kind of resolve a little bit and allow your child to feel your love. Is this going to fix personality issues? Is this going to fit? No, no, of course it's not. But it's going to make sure your child is feeling your love and it's going to be filling their love tank to where you can reduce the amount of conflict and the amount of, you know, um, burnout and all the things that happen 
And I mean, we should say that very clearly. This is not a fix all. It's not going to solve everything. You're going to have your blow ups. You're going to have your explosions. But I think, again, being mindful of what really could hurt that child. Yes. Like if you use that against them, that digs even deeper. You know what I mean? Like if words are important to your child, don't use words against them, essentially. Okay. So the other thing he says is if you are just at a total loss, you have no idea, you cannot figure out a child, he suggests picking a week to just shower the child with one love language. So oh, pick interesting. one yeah, for a okay. whole week. Okay. Right. And you see how they respond to it. So you say, okay, this week we're going to do acts of service. We're just going to load them up, all the acts of service. And if they respond to it, you take note. Quality time. We're just going to pound them with quality time. Physical touch. I'm hugging them. I'm wrestling, high-fiving, all the things. See how they react to it. And he says, when you hit the right one, you will see almost an instant shift in the child. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's Are you going to try smart. it, Lauren? No, I, I do think I need to clarify some because I feel like I think I know. But well, then you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I still need to like narrow in on some of them. So yeah, that's a good idea. Well, and I think moreover, when you're reading these chapters, it's a discovering process. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. I don't know. But then and, again, like we said, like from the beginning, it's something that you can start tomorrow and you can really figure out and hopefully like feel the change pretty quickly within, you know, a few weeks. And if you're having a difficult time with one child specifically, hopefully that will fix maybe that. start with that Men child. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> start with the problem. Start with the and problem. And try to get through to that. Yeah, yeah exactly. The squeaky will gets the degrees, right? Yep. And then the other way really quickly of how you can discover a child's love language, and he really suggested this with the older children, is give them options. So really say to them, hey, would you rather go on a walk with me or go get that notebook you need for yes. school? But he's saying like literally give them options and, and then see what see they what they're drawn to. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's even quizzes online that you can pull up for your older children that they can fill out now and you calculate it and you literally know what oh they are. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. You should do that for Tristan. Yeah, I should. You, can, I really you should, should read it off to him and be like, what would you rather? This yes. or that? Right, right. It's I like should. one of those Instagram story things. Yeah, it's like, or like the magazine quizzes we took as kids. Like oh my gosh. Teenagers ourselves. Oh my gosh, yes. So anyway, so hopefully that helps a little bit on trying to narrow in what your child's love language is. Again, I think also what you and your husband are might be indicators of what your children could be. Oh yeah, interesting. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I could see that too. I mean, just naturally how they've been shown love. I mean, I don't totally. know. I just have to think. Okay, I want to wrap up the discussion really quick by talking about discipline. I don't think you got to this chapter. No, I haven't. So she didn't get to this chapter yet. So I do want to say, essentially, he talks a lot about discipline in the child book because of how powerful the love languages can be when it comes to discipline. So essentially, he's saying, make sure that your discipline always meets the action that was involved. So don't Mm. over-discipline. And then when you are disciplining, have their love language in the back of your head. So let me give you an example, okay? So say a child has a ball in the house, and there is a well-established rule in the house. We do not play ball in the house. If you play ball in the house, the ball goes in the trunk of the car for two days and you're done. Like no more. Okay, that's the rule. The child knows the rule. 
let's say the child has the ball in the house, they break something in the house, instead of just jumping down the child's throat, if you're able to kind of envelop the discipline in love by saying, I know you are such an active guy. I know that you love playing ball, but we don't play ball in the house. Oh, Tristan, we don't play ball in the house, okay? Right. <laughs> I know you're active, you're super, you're whatever, but we don't, you know, we don't do it in the house. That's the rule. Go, go put it in the trunk right now, blah, blah, blah. Essentially, he's saying like, try to envelop the discipline with love by acknowledging something good up front if you're able to. And then giving the discipline. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense like, how I said it? Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, and it's kind of that positive encouragement, positive reinforcement followed by a consequence. And the way he says it is the child, they can interpret it as, oh, I try so hard. And the one time I screw up, I I, I get jumped down my throat. Why, right. why even try? Right. That's how he explains it. Right. Instead, if you take the time to explain to him, I know you you love to play ball. I get it. We don't do it. He's going to walk away being like, yeah, I deserve that. I, right. I know better. Right. I right. shouldn't have. Instead of walking away thinking, I'm never going to please them. No matter what I do, I'm always going to get in trouble. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Explain so it. There, yes. he's saying with discipline, take the time to just upfront envelop it with love and keep their language in mind. Very good. Yeah. And essentially the last thing really quick with discipline is don't be severe with discipline. Mm -hmm. So for someone who like gifting is one of their primary love languages to take away a super meaningful gift to them, that is severe, like severe punishment for them. Yeah. So his his thing with that is like, be mindful of what you're doing. So physical touch, if your child's love language is physical touch, spanking them, that's deep. Yeah. And that cuts them hard. Okay. Sure. That's severe to them. But of then course. you have some kids who are like, come on, bring it. Spank me. Let's go. You know what I mean? Interesting. They don't care. Yeah. yeah. Words of affirmation. If you pound on your kid, I cannot believe you just did that. Oh my gosh. You're so, why are you not using your brain right now? Blah, blah, blah. That cuts them deep. Yeah. Like hard. Mm -hmm. So he's just saying, be kind of mindful when you're disciplining and when you're coming down on them, make sure the severity, you might not think you're being that brutal, but if their love language is something that, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. Yeah. It can really do a long-term like damage to them. Right. Essentially that will take a while to build back. Okay. Okay. Wow. Whole lot of info. So much good info. Oh my gosh. And I I mean, we didn't even get to all the teenager talk. He goes deep into teenagers and how you can like apply it to them because it does kind of change when they get older and all the things. I'm not in that phase. And so I didn't like pay a lot of attention to it yet. Well, and there's a whole book about five love languages for teenagers. Oh my gosh, there's so, so many books. And for men, and there's more. All so the you things. can check those. I feel like it's the chicken soup for the soul books. I Do you know. remember those? Oh my those? gosh, yes. <laughs> there was like a, a everything, a chicken a soup for everything. Yes. Um, anyway, but no. So if you do have teens and you feel like you're kind of struggling and you feel like you're disconnected and you might need a way to kind of reconnect with your teen, go read this book for sure. And pay attention to the teenager part we're not going to discuss it here just because again like we don't have the time and it's not hugely applicable to us yes not yet (laughs) not yet but we'll get there okay i hope you found this helpful we really enjoyed it and if you liked it like please share and let us know if it works we would love to hear I know. Definitely check out the book. Read it through. Find out for yourself where... What where do we listen to it on? Audible. Audible, right. Yeah. 
Right? Isn't that what Dick? Yes. Audible. It's an Amazon yes. thing, I think. Oh, and I bet I bet you can find it anywhere, anywhere. on these, oh, yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a great read. And I, I loved Gary Chapman. I loved him back at the beginning for my marriage. And now to see this with the kids, it just, it's just crazy how it translates over. It's so crazy. But it at the same time, it's like it's a human thing, too. Yeah. A lot and of like, and a lot of human nature, and I'm really when you get down to it, it makes so much sense. Oh my gosh! And that's what I said in part one. Right. It makes so much sense. Very, it's very very simple when you figure it out. It's simple, and it doesn't take that much time. We just have to be aware of it. Be and aware we have of it. To apply it to each relationship. Dare I say, friendships? Yeah. Marriage. Absolutely. Like all the things. I think if we can kind of be mindful of filling up those love tanks as we go, we can avoid some of the the struggles Absolutely. that go on. And then just to reiterate, because I'm not sure if we said it in this episode. In part one, you heard us say. This is not a thing that we want you to come away from feeling so beat down about. Right. Like Lauren said, this is like you start implementing some of these things and things can change. And when they do, maybe that will encourage you to keep going. And that's awesome. Absolutely. And yeah, you can start doing it as soon as tomorrow. And so... It's definitely like a hopeful message that you can yes. you can make the change that you need to or figure out the route to a problem with one of them and really be able to get through to them and just also have further, better communication. But Hopefully. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's um, wrap up with our hits and misses. What was your hit for the week? Well, my kids are finally doing a little bit better with their reading. Finally. I've argued this for a while throughout the quarantine but we're getting a better groove and they're finally a little bit better at doing some more consistent reading. <laughs> we're getting better. We're getting there. But it's finally like, okay, we're making it a habit and let's get better because our brains are turning to mush. Let's be honest. This like quarantine summer, all the things. We're approaching school again. Like, let's be able to read, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, geez. Yes. That's so – but that's encouraging because yeah. I feel like my child still needs to, like, learn her sight words, and I'm, like, no. embarrassed to say that. No, I know. Ugh. It's it will. It's all a bunch of mush from um, last year. Yeah, totally. Let's just write off last – let's redo yeah. last year. <laughs> let's just – I know. I almost would, like, want them to redo their grade. Would you really consider that? Be honest. No, I mean, it would mess up, like – Life. Life. I mean, the whole long-term run of it. Can but it's imagine? almost just like crazy how really they, they're they just going to be like thrown off for a little while. They really are. I'm really eager to see if they will be. I, I can't decide if they're just going to bounce back and be like right back at it. I don't right. know because kids are so resilient. Right. Or they're just going to be like in such a haze like we are. Let's yeah. be real. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm curious to see how this all goes down. But that's good. Good job on the reading. Okay. My hit is if you open my fridge right now, Lauren, you would be shocked at the amount of good, clean, healthy food that's in my fridge right now. Really? Good I'm, for you. I went crazy at the grocery store yesterday. I got the blueberries, the strawberries, all the fruits. I'm stocked up. I did the broccoli. I'm going to make my children try fish this week. Good job. It's that going is down. so good. Look at you cooking in the kitchen. The gut girl inspired me. I know. Whole foods. I um, know. We got to be better. I, I totally. I have to explain expand my child's um, palate beyond cheese yeah and cheese related things yep and i'm determined to do that okay that's awesome so i was really proud of that okay what is your miss of the week my miss it's funny but i am gonna say my bedroom it's funny because i feel like my bedroom can become just like the 
pit of despair in my house. Like <laughs> a I black focus, hole. Yes, because I focus so much on like the other parts of the house and keeping the kids' rooms clean, and like the laundry baskets end up in my room, the crap ends up in my room. I still have kids that come in on in the night, so there's blankets all over the floor. It just I just feel like I can never have my room the way I want it long enough to enjoy it. Oh, that's so true. But see, your room. Explain to people where your room and is my room, in your and house. even more so. That's even more of a miss because it's like kind of dead center in like my living space. It's right off of my living family room, my TV room. And you, you can, think that works against you? I totally do. Oh. I wish it was tucked away hiding. Like my door is open. Anybody and everybody in my house can see what's going on in there. Yeah. Okay. I get that because I feel like mine's the exact same way, but it's because everybody gets dressed in my room. They're showering in my room. They're, they literally in the morning, we have two other bathrooms upstairs by their ba- bedrooms. They come in my room to pee. I have pee all over my toilet that's every funny. day. Oh, that's funny. No, literally. and they still come into my room and they still take a bath in my room sometimes. They still like come in. And Do that's, they really? Yeah. And that's the thing. Then I just have their crap downstairs in my room. And um, no, I am downstairs on the first floor and there are some pros and cons to both. I do hate that it is off the living space because then I feel like even all the more like it's just exposed yes, yeah. because then I'm like oh my gosh it is a mess oh my gosh my, mm-hmm. it's just I don't know I don't know why like I encourage my kids to keep their room clean so much and I just want the house to be clean and I'll clean the kitchen but somehow my room is just becomes like this black hole it really oh, does and I hate too. that because I, I do oh. like love being in a clean space and I love getting into bed when everything's put away but th- th- those days are few and far between right now. And oh I hate it. Oh my gosh. They hate totally it. are. I feel you hard on that one. Ugh. Like so hard. I feel like my room becomes the dumping ground yeah. really quick. Oh, so quick. Oh, uh, totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, my miss of the week is um, haircuts. Oh, yeah. Um, what? No, it's not like a true miss. I just feel more of a fail. I've just totally given up on having my children look presentable anymore. Oh, but you cut your own kids' hair. You just feel like not. I do, you and don't I'm want, lazy about yeah, it you just Yeah, I get because it. Because it's sure. messy, and you know Luke won't sit still, and all this stuff. Like, literally, Landon's, like, you can't even see him. <laughs> no joke. I, always like, I don't even know where you are. Landon, can you see? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, and Luke, too. His is like, and I said to myself today, like, okay, you boys really need a haircut but like zero motivation girl oh I hear you like I just don't have it in me and Kate's same thing so I don't know do you do you pay for haircuts right now last time well you did I it? well so I did that quarantine cut and then I did it again about a week ago 10 oh, days ago okay and they turned out all right but then I realized oh we're getting like these headshots with the kids like a few days later and I'm like ooh, they need to be right they need to be spot on so I ran over to my sister-in-law who cuts hair and I'm like can you just like clean these up a little bit I do I am feeling a little bit more confident a little bit slowly but surely with it but see I don't know both my boys I cut with the scissors and I feel like it's such a process and it just takes a while yeah I don't know and and then Kate's hair intimidates me for some reason it's literally a straight cut across the car but I can't get it straight yeah, and I feel like straight. I'm slowly creeping up her back, and I like right. cannot figure out how to get it straight. Right, like, and I don't then know. next thing she's in a bob. Yeah, give me the boys all day long over her. But anyway, but I need to get on it before school starts because I feel like straight up we're living in our pajamas or swimsuits all day long. I know, um, and they look super shaggy right now. Well, that's summer for you, but then that's summer on. Um, quarantine summer on crack right now yeah that's like the max out i know i hear you oh my gosh all right well we hope you enjoyed this 
little mini series. Yeah, a little mini add-on episode, but we're so glad you came and finished us out here. Seriously, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Again, if you enjoy us at all, we would really appreciate you sharing us with your friends, your family, anything. And if you do share us on social, make sure and tag us so we can see it and say thank you. Yes. We we don't always get to see it, and so we would we would love that. And you can find us on Instagram at Yes at the Mom Voice Podcast. And we are back every Monday with a fresh episode. And um, yeah, we'll see you then. Yes, take care of each other. All right, bye bye.